we start again on a delayed response but uh, we've uh, been missing for a couple of weeks had some uh, IPL business to take care of but uh, Mumbai did the job for all of us so we'll quickly move on back to the Premier League and just as exciting as the IPL was this season we have one of the most exciting Premier League seasons unfolding and um, like the title race right now looks absolutely open you know for the first time in a long time there's like five six teams that I mean I, I don't know I, I personally feel like there's five six teams that can really really go the distance this season so we have a list of them and uh, we'll start off with Liverpool you know obviously the the favorites right now I mean I think City are betting favorites still but I think consensus in the podcast at least is that uh, Liverpool are favorites so what do the two Liverpool fans make of the, the most recent game was obviously the City game quite an interesting game I want to know what you guys make of that game and then obviously talk about like what you think of Liverpool's last couple of games since we haven't spoken since the Villa game I don't know if Liverpool are favourites anymore with, I mean we don't have one fit centre-back <laughs> um, hopefully the next centre-back partnership we see is Hendo and Millie you know just ushering the defence of Liverpool but that actually, I think, does put us... I think Spurs or City both are uh, more likely now to, you know, make a run for the title. Unless, like, Klopp does something crazy. And Nat Phillips turns out to be, like, Virgil van Dijk. But other than that, City's performance was really good. The first half was incredible to watch. First 5-10 minutes, we should have been up more than two goals. But in the end, like, the second half was just bad. Like, neither City nor Liverpool... Yeah perform to their potential whatever everyone's pegging it down to fatigue of players and the fixture congestion it also looked like the rain like they just couldn't control the ball like there were so many instances where they were like in on goal and nobody could just control the ball I couldn't have Firmino can't control the ball regardless of weather conditions (laughs) but yeah anyway continue and talk about like just the form they had a phenomenal Champions League game and Jota looked like you know world beater in that game what do you guys make of his inclusion in the team and how he's like fit in and all of that? Yeah, so I guess Carragher was like talking on like talk sport or something, and he was like, "I wouldn't be surprised if Klopp goes back to the four three three after playing the four two three one with all four of them." And you know, I mean, I can definitely see it. I don't think it's necessarily because of a poor performance. I think just the overall cohesion of the team and balance of the team is probably a little bit better. Um, with the 4-3-3, while I will obviously admit that, you know, I was obviously very, very excited to see that lineup that was announced for the City game. I mean, yeah, the injuries are obviously going to be tough, like, you know, because now Gomez, I guess they're saying probably not out for the season necessarily, but a good portion of it. Trent will be out for, what, couple, three, four weeks. Um, Van Dyke's obviously done for the year. Hopefully, you know, we played Leicester after the international break, which will obviously be a big game. Hopefully we have Fabinho back, so it's Fabinho Matip. But, I mean, it's it's going to be tough to say. The Champions League performance was obviously really, really good to see, especially against, you know, a big team in the group um, away from home. But, I mean, yeah, I guess it's it's just about setting expectations now would be the biggest thing for me. Like, yeah, obviously I still think we're 
definitely better than a lot of teams in the league. But, you know, it's going to be interesting to see how we cope with all of these injuries at the back. And then also, I'm very curious to see if we're assuming he doesn't continue with the f- playing all four of them up front, what he does with Jota and Firmino. You know, he's multiple times said, you know, that Firmino brings a lot more to the team. You know, the usual shit he says. But, like, there is obviously... You know, even aside from the goal scoring, you can, I mean, if you watch football, you can just tell looking at him that he isn't the player he was. So I wonder what he'll do there post-international break in terms of that. Um, So, I mean, yeah, I I think cities, like, with their depth and, you know, once Aguero comes back and stuff, I, I still think they're probably favorite over Liverpool, all things said and done. Spurs is tight, I don't know yet about the Spurs team but I mean right now it's more just kind of like hoping for the best and taking it one game at a time but going back to the no I was just gonna ask about Firmino like I I was just wondering if you do you think like he can ever come back to his form like previous form yeah because he's almost what 30 again because but the thing is like for him like the worry even last year, the worry was like there was still a decline in form, but it's not like necessarily his decline in form isn't necessarily, like I said, goals, right? It, he was never like a guy who yeah, was scoring at Salah's or Mane's rate. It was just his overall contribution to the team. So, which in my opinion should be easier to come back than just, you know, him bagging a bunch of goals. So I hope so, but, you know, it, it, you can say in the last two seasons it's just been a steady decline. So, I mean, who knows, like... Any important games, any, like, games against big teams, like how um, he reverted back to Henderson, Milner, and Wijnaldum in the big Champions League games, I think, similarly, he's going to revert back to Firmino in all those big games. He's going to start that front three because you know who he trusts. And while this is happening, he's going to build up that trust with Jota and whoever he wants. But this season, in all the big games, I think Firmino is going to start every single one of them with or without Jota. Yeah, and I think the injuries like sort of force Jota into the also true. Uh, fray a little bit more because they have to be a little bit more offensive. They have to, you know, sacrifice that Fabinho, who can obviously, who has to now play centre back for the foreseeable future, right? Like, there's absolutely no other option. So it's going to be interesting to see. And I think we we were talking about City, but. You also mentioned Spurs, Abul. I think Spurs had two very interesting games where they absolutely just snatched victory, you know, from West Brom. And even the game before that, if I'm not wrong, it was against... Uh, Brighton. To Brighton, where they were like... It was quite an even game. Yeah, actually. Brighton played... I, I watched that. Brighton that played game. very well. Yeah, exactly. Brighton looked like... Brighton created a lot of chances, were like really, really potent and somehow Spurs just managed to steal a victory right at the end, you know, like great, great play from them and they had those moments in every single game which is kind of um, a signature of Mourinho, you know, where he just grinds out a game and he manages to get his offensive players to do a few moments of craft or a few moments of like out of the ordinary uh, skill which like breaks open a team. And even the, the the Kane goal was like just a, a good cross, you know, good play before that. What, what do we make of them as title contenders? Think, I'll go to the I Arsenal think, fan. I think Spurs have, even on the pitch, you know, they had that habit, at least in the 17-18 season, they had that habit of 
always like grinding out results like you said um like getting late winners and stuff and they've managed to keep those players together more or less and they've added to that in Jared Payne who actually scored the winner against Brighton so if they can manage to like still retain that habit i think they can probably challenge but something that i was looking at that applies to all these big teams including Liverpool City all the Champions League and the Europa League teams is in these next 6 weeks they're going to be 12 the fixture congestion well yeah, in 6 weeks ridiculous. that's ridiculous for city and arsenal like 13 dogs. because they play in like carabao cup as well 13 13 fixtures in like 6 weeks is ridiculous and i thought this entire international friendlies and stuff was so unnecessary so yeah i mean anything can happen from now to like jam i would say no and before that like everyone would look forward to december as being you know the where the uh, fixtures are just so congested we've already had a december in november exactly. and october and this is just going to be even worse and players are, players are just falling apart and before that like mourinho had to field a spurs team in carabao cup europa league and premier league within like 6 days four yeah. games in eight yeah, days Cruz, yeah, yeah some cruise just like said so as well like uefa and Even fifa the they're just like yeah they're just like they don't give a shit about us as players they just want yeah they're like what can you say what cruise said about the the worst 12 million sure. <laughs> in the history of fantasy uh stupid mask no but anyway yeah i think the fixture congestion and like abu saying all the players are already falling apart and we can see so many teams have so many injuries you know like even at united like uh Shaw. Shaw and i mean Shaw's always injured i guess but you know um like like Tellez covid you know the all of these like unforeseen circumstances and these things just don't happen in a regular season really affect the outcome i think are going to affect the outcome and like we always talk about how that that teams that don't have a lot of players on international duty and these two weeks are like invaluable to them exactly and i think that sort of leads into our, our next two teams and we obviously have Leicester and I think Leicester are probably the team and Chelsea but I I want to talk about Villa and Southampton you know just talking about the openness of the season and I just want to put those two in there just talk about the way those two have played and I think Southampton had a little bit of a slow start but they've really killed their last they've, they've won five of their last six which is just outstanding and that loss I mean and that not win was a draw away at Chelsea with the 3-3 so they find themselves fourth on the table with 16 points and villa an incredibly impressive performance against arsenal this past weekend after a couple of losses you know they had a disappointing loss against southampton and like a bad loss against leeds but they looked incredible against arsenal this week and what do you make of them anita what do you make of that game and i mean that it just goes to show teams. like the two two teams that you talked about southampton and arsenal but it just goes to show that if you just have a a good good run of form like you can just go up the table so quickly you know so i feel like that's something important for like these teams is to like maintain that sort of don't drop your level too much um try to be consistent and you can like easily avoid relegation or even for the upper teams get into like the top 4 this season is going to be like very congested everywhere but um speaking of aston villa they were just incredible i i mean i saw them do that to liverpool and i shot on liverpool I had a good time on WhatsApp, but seeing them do that to Arsenal, I was just like, "God damn!" They were just so much better, so much more energetic. 
and yeah i mean they just their patterns of play like every player seems to know what to do i mean you, you like the, i don't know which goal it was i think it was the first one they just, he was just, barkley was just like waiting for like an overlapping run that was the first he, one he yeah just like yeah they just like knew yeah, what target. to do when to go when not to go they would drop back and then Ollie Watkins, he, he, seemed, he just managed to win like literally every ball in the air. And he was incredible, his finishes were incredible. And I don't know, they've been a little inconsistent, but if they manage to, again, you know, like get a good run of form, get good, good two, three wins on the row in a, in a, in a run, they can like Their probably... Their defense seems to be like a very confidence-based and I feel like as a game progresses, they get a little bit better defensively, you know, and their offense is now like carrying them to the point where they're actually going into those end games with like good, good like leads or good results on their side. So I really see like as long as they can keep like clean sheets, they can go really far, you know. I'd, I'd say they could be as good as Wolves, if not even better than they were last year. And like Grealish is a special player, you know, like he is literally, we were talking about him and the the player we all said he was was Messi, you know, like he's like a like a tall, strong Messi. Like that's exactly what he's playing. Like in terms of his creativity on the field, yeah, he's like I mean, even shooting at will. He's like the most. He's like the midfielder who's taking the most shots. In the like compared so to last game, less than everyone. He seems yeah, I mean, so he, much more mature on the ball as well. Like every every time he gets also, the ball, something happens. But also Barkley and Watkins yeah. make the yeah, significantly yeah. better because it was Wesley, like half-legged <laughs> Wesley. One leg is bigger than the other, like Wesley and like Hurahan, who hasn't been able to get a sniff in playing. So it was like not really his fault. He couldn't do much. But and kudos to the manager, you know, like from a relegation team, like from a team that everybody would have had as one of their favorites to get relegated. He's gone and signed the right players in the right positions. Matt Cash has been a really, really good signing for them. He's been fantastic as right back. They've got Konsa playing more and regularly. It's a, like it's a good really story good as well. His his dad used to be a steward yeah. for Aston Villa, I think. And he was a lifelong yeah, he, Aston Villa yeah. fan and now he's like managing them. So, yeah, and I mean, like, and Martinez said that no one would believe that it's a move up in his career, but maybe he was right, you know? What, do you, what yeah, are your thoughts on that? Yeah, and then, <laughs> he seems like a visionary, bro. We should have probably kept him. But I mean, what to do? thought 20 million was good enough for them. Yeah, I mean, and Grealish, so that's what, like, his dad was a, a steward at Villa, but his dad had Alzheimer's, so he never knew his son was manager. His dad died of COVID recently. Oh, right, right. Yeah, yeah. He, he never knew that his his son was manager of Villa, which, I mean, but still, like, his, he used to work in the stewards when he was, like, a young boy. And even Grealish is, a, like, a Villa fan, so imagine if they have, like, the best season ever, you know, under Yeah, it means two, so much more to them. To the fans, and especially to these two, it'll be an incredible, incredible achievement. So, uh, also Southampton, I think just a quick shout out to Southampton. Like, like Ings was on fire, and they proved this week that even without Ings, you know, they're able to put out a good performance. Like Walcott, yeah, Walcott's looking a, good. A renewal, <laughs> yeah, three assists or two assists. But what's been he awesome like is that. Southampton have been so good defensively. Last mm-hmm. uh, three out of the last five games, they've kept a clean sheet. And Vestergaard, is yeah, Vestergaard's like Van Dyke. Player, yeah, he's so good. Like before, he would just be some tall guy, like just there. 
now he's doing so much more than that he's controlling that defense he's setting the line he's the leader from you know just pushing everyone and it's incredible to watch because i think the best defense is going to win the league this year it always is like that but i think this year it's even more because sometimes you can just score your goals through winning and whatever but this year i just think like southampton and villa both have conceded only i want to say like 9 or 10 goals in whatever which is like joint best and that just shows because of the results like how they've been doing okay quick uh, two early predictions like two early in the sense like t double o not two but actually also to predict where both of these will finish at the end of the season just based on like absolutely nothing but what aston villa top half would be incredible after how they had to fight for relegation I think like anywhere between seven to tenth would be incredible for them, and I think that's where they are going to finish. I would be more comfortable judging Aston Villa than Southampton because of the signings they've made and everything. So I would say I think they'll get. Uh, they can get a European spot. I think maybe sixth if if like one of those FA Cup moments happen. Oh, dude, you know sixth is Villa's like. favorite sport like under martin o'neil the highest ever finish was both sixth so that was like why they fired him because they like you can only take us to sixth and they've done really well since so it was a good uh, good foresight but i i would i i could okay, just pick which one do you think will finish higher between the two of them let's put it that way villa over okay, yeah okay yeah i mean i i don't know i i'm going to say southampton though so let's I mean, I, I, I shout know, out to shout out to their owners and stuff as well because yeah. I mean last season they were having a really bad bad patch and they still stuck yeah. with this manager. They stuck with Hassan Hootel and yeah, I think it's going to be close between the two of them. I think it's a flip of a coin, but I don't know. I I just think like that defense thing is really interesting. I think that's definitely a, a good shot. It'll be something interesting to watch. But we'll maybe quickly talk about Leicester. Like, what do you guys make of Leicester's? Um, they had a. Did you know what Ben Rodgers said to the season? What did he say about the British manager thing? Um, someone said something, and he's like, maybe I won't be able. To, maybe something about him being a British manager. It sounds like something that stupid Frank Lampard would say. You hate Lampard now. No, la- no, Lampard said. Lampard that, said uh, like, I'm, I'm getting all this stick just because I'm the only English manager in the league. That's literally what he said of. Two weeks ago or something. What about Roy, bro? What about his dad, Roy? <laughs> oh, God knows. Lampard's delusional. No, but but anyway, I don't know. Um, but Leicester, it's good because they're getting Madison back. Ricardo Pereira is supposed to be back after the international break, and they've been they've been looking good throughout since the start. But it's with Brendan Rodgers, it's always how they finish, right? So I think they're going to be. Like up there, challenging for the top two, three at least till December, because I don't think um, their Europa League is going to affect them as of yet. It'll only start uh, affecting them in November and all because of their fixtures. They've I think won three out of three, so they don't have so much pressure to put out a good team every fixture. So I think till December they're like the team to look out for, and that's why I think the game against Liverpool is going to be even bigger for them than it is for Liverpool because if they Beat them. They set like a mark for themselves and to the league. Like you know, we are here well, challenging for the. Well, last year was a very similar thing, and then Liverpool put up like 
arguably one of their best performances of all year, which I don't think is going to happen again, obviously. But I think Leicester, like, I've been lucky enough, so I bet them all three Europa League games, and they've won all three. But they, like, even, like, Madison, like, yeah, he's had injuries, but also there's been times where he's completely fit, and I think tactically Rodgers, like, he's been going with, like, that 3-4-2-1-1-2 type of combinations where I think, I think he just doesn't start Madison if it's, if it's just two center mids who are kind of, you know, meant to just kind of keep things moving along from the back to the front. But, I mean, I, I completely agree. I think Leicester will definitely be up there because of the injuries that they've had, and they still manage to be... You know, top of the table, top of the Europa League table, um, the additions that they've made with like Chengiz under and like, you know, whenever Inacho Fofana. needs to play, Fofana, like still haven't like, so no NDD, no Soyanchu, like no Madison, like, you know, they still managed to that, get results back. Yeah, no Pereira, yeah. like, so for sure. I think that, that was going to be my point, you know, like they have good players and stuff, but the biggest asset I think is Brendan Rodgers. I mean, the way he's managed all this entire injury crisis last season as well like they got pretty unlucky towards the end they're literally i think they're a champions league team in a europe in, in europa league and that's basically what he said you know after beating bielsa who the media has just been like you know sucking up to so much he was just like um he told the reporter last night he's like because i'm a british manager we probably got lucky because yeah i mean they literally took leads to the cleaners but I don't think he gets the recognition he gets. He deserves at least. For sure. But I think the finishing thing is definitely a big point because even last season, like, let alone, like, letting United finish above, they also, like, you know, Spurs crept up and all of that. So, like, I think that's definitely something. Injuries, I'm sure, played their part, but that is something that definitely needs to be improved. Yeah. Yeah, and I think in terms of, like, like Rogers, I think that choking mentality, that is such a horrible uh, tag that he has, right? And I mean, it's happened twice to him in his career now. So that's going to be something that he has to like work hard to get that monkey off of his back. So it'll be interesting to see how he finishes off this season because that's like similar, like exactly what Utsav said. Like they had a similarly impressive start to last season and they just couldn't cap it off with the type of finish that they would like. So I think moving on, we have um, the last two... Actually, I just talk about Chelsea as well. I think the other team that um, has a British manager who, that isn't maybe getting the pull as title contenders, you know, that they maybe deserve on the back of like a few impressive results on the trot, especially talking about defences and all of that. Chelsea have managed to keep a few clean sheets in a row, you know. Mendy looks yeah, he like broke a really, that record. really good keeper. Like, he broke Czech's record. Yeah. Check who's the the backup keeper on the squad, <laughs> um, um, which is incredible anyway. But uh, they they look good. I mean, you know, like he seemed to like figure out how to get the best out of them, even though they haven't had their full squad. Ziyech looks like a real real find. You know, he looks like one of those players that he looked like one of those players like who would need a little bit of time to settle down. But he's hit the ground running. You know, like he looks like an absolute absolute star already, and he looks like one of those players that could really elevate the rest of his team to a level that all of those players could achieve themselves. So, I wonder what you guys have made of Chelsea and where do you rank them as title contenders since we've covered all of those teams? Honestly, if they continue with this defensive performance, these recent defensive performances that they've had, I think they can challenge. But that's the thing, I don't, 
I'm not entirely sure if they can do it like throughout the season. Yeah, like but that was I think their biggest question, right? Everyone was questioning their defense, and lately they've sort of answered it. But let's see. I don't know. For me, like I, when we were doing the top four predictions, I definitely put Chelsea ahead of United and Arsenal, and I still, you know, believe that with all things said and done. But I don't know in terms of like winning the league. I'm not a believer in that. They definitely, you know, defense was the biggest thing for them to improve, which they did improve. You know, Mendy, Thiago Silva was a good addition. Zuma's playing really well, Chilwell, and whatnot. And maybe I'm just not a believer, but like, I don't know. I just doesn't have that feel. Like if if they were to have to go to, you know, Anfield or Etihad and win those games, which are the games you need to win to, you know, win the league, that I just could not see it happening. Yeah, Another if you just take that squad into consideration, I think it's a definitely potentially like they have the potential to win the title like convincingly that too because they are stacked in the midfield for sure. Their attack looks incredible and they've they are the they've conceded only ten goals so far. They've kept three or four clean sheets and they've strengthened every possible place. They have like almost a new spine now, so. And I agree with Bala because these guys don't have that much experience, so they cannot get those results. Or we are assuming they cannot get those results in those big games. But potentially, like this team could dominate for the next three, four years if managed uh, properly. You know. I I the other thing that I would say is like we said, like there were twelve, thirteen fixtures in the next six weeks. It's also about him rotating the squad and still finding the balance. Like it'll be interesting to see if he can do that. I think he has managed to do that to an extent, but I don't know that. He's that kind could of be done it through factor. necessity now, right? Like he's yeah. done that. He's found a way to use his entire squad, and that's another thing that I feel like um, I, I forgot to mention when we we're talking about Leicester. I think Leicester have like a sneakily like. I was thinking the same exact thing about Leicester. Yeah, like they have like a couple of players, like they have like Luke Thomas, you know, all those like random players who are like just good players who can fit into like these positions. They've like missed Castagne, but Fuchs has just stepped in and like done a job for them. So similarly, Chelsea, you know, like Abraham has like really stepped up. He's like done a good job, and like I think Werner's looked a little bit better actually in the games that Abraham has played. You know, yeah. he's looked more like a threat. He scored those two goals against Southampton when Abraham was on the field, and he um, scored again this week. So, I wonder what he's going to do when Pulisic is back, though. So that's going to be interesting to see how he manages him. Well, his, like glass legs. Yeah, so I guess team, so. I guess before that, as an American, what's up? yeah. So what I guess who who did they just play? Palace? No. They play Newcastle next. No, who did they just, they just play? Played, uh, they just played Sheffield. All oh, right, right, right. So I guess before that game, or I think it was actually directly after that game, Lampard was talking about giving Werner a rest, and he wasn't. He obviously came on to replace Pulisic, so I think he's already, you know, thinking about resting players and whatnot. Yeah, obviously, I don't know if you guys saw the video, but when Pulisic got injured while warming up, he like threw his like bib, and he was like visibly pissed off because he hasn't had any luck with that. I think it's going to be interesting to see what happens with Havertz as well because, you know, it seems like Ziyech is fitted in nicely. Werner, like, when he plays alone, sometimes might be lacking. But like you said, performances have definitely improved. Havertz is just the final piece of that puzzle because, you know, initially it looked like Lampard was, like, playing him out on the right, not really sure what to make of him. But, you know, the depth, like you said, 
is really, really um, something that's going to come into hand. So it's just a question of seeing how he deals with it. Yeah, and I think um, so. That's the title contender. So now we have uh, best of the rest. Uh, the mid, the mid table, the mid table uh, legends. Top four. Let's say, like, since we're not title contenders, and since there's only like a few title contenders, let's say United and Arsenal are top four contenders. <laughs> so we have uh, the two big clubs after their their massively uh, exciting one nil game. They both uh, had interesting results this weekend. I thought United played um, slightly better. Maybe I, I think it was just more more like individual. You know, like just moments of individual play. I don't think the game was particularly impressive as a whole by United. I think Everton weren't as good as they've been all season. They they're definitely missing Richarlison. I think Andre Gomez is another big miss. Sigurdsson just doesn't seem. Sigurdsson just sucks now. From being so good like yeah, five years ago, what... it's like bad. He's just like not a good player. I don't know what he's five doing. Five a long time. I know. I know. But... Pretty bad right now. <laughs> He is just like like a passenger, so it wasn't like Everton were particularly impressive, but Bruno with a couple of goals, um, Rashford had a decent game and Rashford is injured apparently, which is great news for United. So it'll be interesting to see what happens on that front, but Arsenal, again, poor, poor performances. Um, William looks William looks really good, dude. I think after that three assist game in the first, uh, and then uh, Laka Sweat getting those two goals to start off his season, he looks uh, like a lost lamb on the field. I don't know what he's been playing at. I, I'd rather lose playing Nikitia honestly, Anitage than playing Lacazette. I mean, I, 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 mean I, 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 didn't, I, I didn't watch the game before this. I watched a lot of the, the Villa game. But um, what do you make of the Arsenal performances? And what do you just make of the state of their seasons, respectively? Yeah, the season's been going on. I've been, like, there's so much unbalanced. And, like, I just don't... I don't know. I was so optimistic after the end of last season. But I guess Arteta wants to, like, progress this team from a 3 back to a 4, 3, 3. And in that, there's just so many problems because... He clearly wanted a creative midfielder and Awa didn't get him. Um, and that's like sort of the problem right now, right? Because we can't create any chances. And we would, I mean, that was a problem last season as well, but we basically relied on Aubameyang's brilliance to get us goals. But even that has like sort of dried out right now. I, they, they have like a real creative problem. Yeah, like I wish they had someone to solve that. That would be really you're good. Talking about, you're talking like that guy is any good. He sucks. He's like, he's a dinosaur. Let's get that straight. He, he should just basically wear that suit, that dinosaur suit and do that thing. Dude, but honestly, Anitej, William, William or Ozil? Just Come let on. Ozil run, run around the field, do whatever he wants. William had like 40, I mean, like 24 passes in the second half, 22 were backwards and like one was like barely a through ball and one was like sideways. I mean, like he is, you're talking about I don't know what hap- what's but happening. But like we have a 72 million guy on the bench yeah, true. Well, who uh, plays in the same position as William, which is, which is what I don't understand. But I don't know, I, I definitely do trust Arteta, but lately he's been getting, at least for that Villa game, he definitely got Stuff wrong. Do you think he's trusting like his players too much? Like he doesn't want to mix it up? I feel like he doesn't trust 
more than more than him trusting certain players he doesn't trust other players to like do the job that he wants so he's like stuck with a certain level that he thinks he can get the job done and Williams unfortunately one of them but yeah it just hasn't worked out and and the biggest problem is like I was talking to you guys about passes into the final third pro, like progress progressing into the final third through passes and Liverpool City and Leeds are up there and like Arsenal's like second last or something so we haven't even been getting the ball into the box for like a striker to do anything and, and the next I, th- sorry go on and i feel and i feel sorry for Lacazette because he was actually in a good run of form and then he just gets benched and then he comes back into the team then he gets benched again and that just screws with the rhythm as well so i mean, I mean these are the problems that, that commanding lead over liverpool a little more commanding in that moment but he couldn't couldn't no, and the Arsenal, Arsenal's next three fixtures are also like so hard because these are those odd Premier League fixtures which you just don't mm-hmm. want as a fan. They're playing Leeds away, then Wolves at home, games. and then they're playing Spurs. Yeah. Like we've lost four games. Two of them were like away to Liverpool and City. Okay, fine. But the other two are at home to like Leicester, Leicester and Villa. Yeah. You know, those are the teams that have we've been really struggling against. And yeah, so these three like games, said, like with Leeds, Wolves, and Spurs, they are like direct rivals. If yeah, exactly. You need to like I mean, actually get results. You were Anitish. You were talking about consistency earlier on, and how you know just going on a consistent run of form, like Villa and Southampton seem to do, just make just brings you so much higher into the table. And I think the past couple of years, that's exactly the opposite of what United and Arsenal do, right? They'll have a good performance, then they'll have two flat, yeah. flat performances, then you'll get some hope, maybe they'll have one, and they have three awful ones, and they just don't seem to be getting any rhythm in. And I mean, I feel bad for like Aubameyang because I feel like a lot of parallels were um, drawn just in terms of like Liverpool's attack. I feel like when they were trying to, talking about Aubameyang playing on the left-hand side and comparing that to, like, Mane and just saying, you know, he can actually score more goals from the left-hand side. And, like, while Liverpool don't have creative midfielders, we those fullbacks just give our forwards so much, you know, so many options. And your fullbacks, like, Tierney's fine, Bellerin's fine, but they're not going to be creating much. And then, obviously, in the midfield, I would say you guys also aren't, like, a city or a United where your creativity comes from the midfield either. It's it's crazy because I mean if you go back three four years ago we our midfield was packed with those sort of players like Ozil, Ramsey, Cazorla and right now we don't even have one player like that you know so it's that's that's like the biggest concern and no matter you might have like a twenty goal thirty goal striker like Oba but if he doesn't get any service yeah like really no point. it seems like he has to do the creating on the left side for himself and for others yeah. and then he doesn't get anything so it's I mean he only has one goal from open play since first game week so it's been yeah since like full on you guys you you also had Chamberlain as like that creative yeah it's true he was very creative yeah so you should have probably kept him happy like that's that's Wenger's fault Ashwin what do you make of the opposite problem where you have Van Der Beek Bruno Pogba and then (laughs) too much creative Mata too many cooks in the kitchen too many cooks in the kitchen Another number ten in Lingard. Fred. So I think we have like Fred. Fred, but Fred has honestly been like one of the few bright spots of this season again. I think he's actually carried on his form from last season, and he's played in the right position. He's looked good this season. So, um, 
the Arsenal game, he wasn't playing this position. Yeah. He was playing like in that stupid, like, eight, whatever, six. But I, I, I don't know, man. I think um, there's like a real, real problem with goals. You know, like, like Rashford and Bruno seem to be the only two people finding the back of the net. And um, penalties, huh? It's not. <laughs> both were not penalties. But uh, and he and he should have scored a hat trick, but he doesn't. He's not in the team for that. Like he said, you know, that's why he didn't claim the goal. Yeah. Rashford, I don't know, man. Rashford, like he's like saving hungry kids and all, but he claimed that goal. There was no way he touched, touched that. There's absolutely like a no way. Little rat guy sometimes, yeah. but I don't know. I I mean, I think that okay. Before we talk about anything, did you guys see that Damba Bar goal against United? Oh, what is that defending? Okay, what is that? What is that? Is that the worst defending you've ever seen? Like, um, that's I, honestly, that's up there. Like, that's up there. What? Like, just explain that goal to me. I mean, it was late in the No, honestly, how can the coaches not see that? The coaches like have a good <laughs> view of everything, and they're just like sitting there. It's late in the game, so like, they had to like you know make sure everyone was oh, up yeah. <laughs> to push up. Yeah. Because it was like I I turned off. It was like thirty five minutes or whatever. Right? I just turned off and went to sleep because I knew how the rest of the game was gonna go. I just I mean I saw the replay. I couldn't believe what I was seeing. I was like, not only is he starting it from inside his own half, but he's technically still onside. And it's you know? also like, Demba Ba. <laughs> yeah, someone still caught uh, up with him. That was the funniest part. Demba Ba running through. Oh my God! It is. Uh... So, okay, so, no, but I wanted to ask you about like Pogba. Because there's been an yeah. entire debate about his position. What's his best position? <laughs> but don't you think on the bench? Like it's not the position; it's the players around him. Because he's played in, on the left of a three at Juventus. He's played in a two for France, and he's always like been like such a world-class player, you know. But it's been four years for United, and I don't think he's ever had even like half like a, a really good season. Maybe like a few games here and there, but yeah. Wait, Ashwin, before you before you take that, I want to say something. So I feel like it's Pogba. It's not the players around him because Bruno just comes in and plays well, whatever. I just feel like in Juventus, Pogba was not nobody. the main man. Yeah, you know, he had to. Yeah, he had to make him make yeah, that's what a I mean name for himself. No, it was because of his attitude. He want he needed to work hard, and he had to work hard to actually be in the squad and start. Similarly, in France, also he's never been like the top dog or whatever. It was Griezmann, it was Mbappe. The limelight was never at, on him. And in United, it was just like all about him, and he thought he's bigger than everything. And I still think that he thinks like that, and that's why I think his performance have not been that good. And it's so frustrating as a, I'm sure as a United fan because so many of them. Say the same thing that he's so good for France. He was so good for Juventus, but and they no, and they like, sometimes like do think 12, that fifteen minutes spurts for United. He's also yeah, good, but I just know, think like, that so it's what, the player himself who's just I mean, so absolutely picky about when he wants to play and not. Yeah, I agree to a certain extent only because like he literally came out and said like I'm not interested in playing for this club anymore. I want to leave. So I don't know why they still yeah, kept him like. There's one rule for Lukaku and Sanchez, and another for Pogba, which is he keeps talking about oh, I want players who play for the no, badge. This li- guy it's... literally came out and said, I don't want to play for the badge, but he still kept it, which is what I don't understand. It's good management from Ed Woodward. 
Uh, exactly, like that's where the club is in like absolute shambles, right? Because like Pogba do a double of dabs, couple of dabs, we'll get like 10 million for that. So he still has like that, I mean he's like a good looking guy, like he has like a World Cup under him, like whatever, he still has that marketability and he's still like talked about. And that seems to be far more important as a United manager, but I don't know, I think he just like the application is just so poor, but I wonder, you know, what this um, next few games are going to hold, but we'll definitely come back next week to maybe talk about uh, the games before them, since we're Premier League pre-game, but that'll be all for this week, and uh, stay safe, stay safe and happy Deepavali and happy Diwali. Happy Diwali from Borat.